From Decrypt Media, this is the Decrypt Daily. My name is Matthew Deemer. Today on the show, Bitpanda, they have some layoffs. Soul Phone and Snoop and Eminem. That's coming up today on the Decrypt Daily. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. Today is Monday, June 27th, 2022. Quick story. So I had my first like little hit piece on me and my campaign the other day. And it's like no good deed goes unpunished. And there's a difference between news and journalism. And so I have to tell you the story. So we're in a new district. You know, the whole country redistricted after the census. And so a lot of people don't even know where they fall anyway. So my new district has five different districts in it. So five old districts got changed around and pieced together. And now it's now in one district. So some people originally thought or what for the past 10 years have had certain areas in one district or certain Congress people. And now they just got changed and now they're all lumped together. For example, in one county, the county that I live in, there used to be three Congress people representing that county and because it was chopped up. Now there's two and people who are connected on the far east of the county and far west of the county are now together in one, right? And that falls under my district. And so I put out a thing on social media. I said, here are all of the people or all the towns in the county. I have half of one county and all of two counties and a very, very small portion of another county. And so if you're in a county that I have the whole county of, I mean, I have the whole county. And so I put the list of cities, townships, villages in the social media. And somebody said, oh, you forgot this one. And I looked it up and I was like, oh, wait, that's in a different county because there's multiple cities with that name. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry, that's in another county. You must be wrong. And so some journalist found that said, I didn't know what I was talking about, even though I have the whole county. I know I have the whole county. I just didn't see that city in it. Have the whole county and wrote a hit piece on me and said, dazed and confused. Does Matthew Deemer even know his district? (laughs) That is absolutely insane. Anyway, I just wanted to point that out because there's a difference between news and journalists. Journalists dig and they try to do what's best. And this person obviously was just trying to get click, clickbait and, you know, stir the pot a little bit and get some eyes on that story because obviously they have nothing better to do, even though my intentions were just to inform people because everybody's confused. Anyway, just keep that in mind when you're reading the news that these people are just there to get the clicks. Let's get into those crypto prices. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. And I'm recording this at 7.29 a.m. Eastern Daylight Savings Time. We have Bitcoin. I wonder how Bitcoin did this weekend. Well, we'll tell you right now. It's $21,376. Pretty much even in 24. It's up 3 and 7, but it's still in the low 20s. Ethereum's at $1,230. Down 1.1% in 24, but up 7% in 7. Teller's number 3. USDC is number 4. And Binance is at 239. Pretty much even in 24. Up 11% in 7. Rounding off the top 10, we have XRP, BUSD, Cardano, Solana, and Dogecoin, which is up 30% in 7. By the way, everybody's talking about ApeCoin. 
and I'll tell you why in a minute, but it's at $4.84, sitting at number 36 on CoinMarketCap. It's up 10% in seven, but it's down 7% in 24. <laughs> and uh, just put that in perspective, a lot of people say, and you're going to see this a lot during this era of crypto, is that, oh, it's up 20%, it's up 7%, but in relative to what it was at all-time highs or even the average of last year, it's down quite a bit. I mean, even look at ApeCoin. Ape was in the you know, 12, 15, 16, $17 mark, and it's at four. And so even if it goes up 20 more percent and it goes from uh, high fours to high fives, it's going to be like all relative. So just keep that in mind while everybody starts hyping up these gains that might happen. Total market cap, we're at $960.1 billion, which is down half a percent in 24 a btc dominance of 42.6 and an f dominance of 15.6 and now it's time for coin of the day our coin of the day is 177 on coin market cap it's coti ticker c-o-t-i its price is 10.3 cents it's pretty much even in 24 its market cap is 108.9 million fully diluted it is 207.8 million 52 percent of coti is in circulation is it coti is it coti I guess it could be pronounced both ways. I would have to look at or get somebody from the company to tell me what their branding is. Its all-time high was eight months ago. It's down 84% since then. Its all-time high price was 68.2 cents. Its all-time low was three years ago, on November 9th of 2019. It was 0. 0.0062 cents. It's up 1,500% since then. You can buy it on Binance, KuCoin, Coinbase, and Huobi. So what is this Cody? 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 Anyway, coding, it markets itself as the first enterprise-grade fintech platform that empowers organizations to build their own payment solution as well as digitize any currency to save time as well as money. It's an ecosystem that is specifically designed to meet all of the challenges associated with traditional finance, including latency fees, global inclusion, and risks. And there you have it. That's coding, rank number 177 on CoinMarketCap, ticker COTI. Moving into the headlines today, Bitpanda, it joins a growing list of crypto companies that have announced layoff in the wake of the recent downturn. Other companies slashing their employees include Crypto.com, Bitso, Buenbit, BlockFi, and Coinbase. And Coinbase, we know, cut 18% of its workforce. Well, Bitpanda went from 1,000 employees down to 730. And you can see that one of the major costs of any company is labor. And you can see also why people are investing so much in automation and AI and these other kinds of labor because they want to get this labor for free. Automation, we understand. Make a robot to do a specific task or even they're trying to make robots to do uh, multiple tasks. You know, think about Tesla's robot. But also AI. And AI to be creative, collaborative. That's the thing that humans have that are we going to lose that soon? That you can get a robot or an AI or a computer or some kind of, especially if it's like quantum, I don't even know how, like just think, thinking outside of the box to replace people in that whole process that we, or the whole thing that we have that is a niche of being human. Creativity, this kind of collaboration of problem solving, thinking outside the box and trying to find specific solutions to very complex situations. Can robots do that? Can AI do that? And then let's think about what that is. It's labor without pay. <laughs> and that's called slave labor. And then that's where we get to our sci-fi dystopian universes of 
robot and AI uprisings when they figure out that we have been exploiting them forever. Uh, man, I just went slippery slope on that, didn't I? Solana Labs has built a mobile software platform, but also it's releasing a smartphone. Soul phone. I don't know what that's going to be called, but it should be called that. Solana Labs revealed that the Solana Mobile Stack SMS software kit, which provides tools for developing native Android mobile apps, walls, and games, and also includes a decentralized app store. The company also released Saga, a powerful Android smartphone that will be released in early 2023. In Apple's recent WWDC of 2022 conference, there was nothing that had blockchain or crypto or anything even mentioned for developers to start developing using Apple products. And so Soul is trying to get their own phone and make sure that there's a seamless connectivity with crypto and wallets and Web3. Back to Celsius. Celsius may be on the brink of bankruptcy, preparing for an upcoming filing by hiring more advisors, according to a report today from the Wall Street Journal, citing unnamed sources. And you know it's big if the Wall Street Journal is starting to focus on it, right? Celsius has hired restructuring advisors from the firm Alvarez and Marsal to help the embattled crypto lender prepare for the potential filing. It looks like people's accounts are also still locked. In the same vein, the same note, FTX, led by Sam Bankman-Fried, has entered negotiations to acquire a stake in crypto lending firm BlockFi, according to a report today by, again, the Wall Street Journal. This acquisition comes in talks on the heels of BlockFi's announcement earlier this week that it secured, I'm sorry, earlier last week, that it secured $25 million line of credit from FTX to make sure that they don't have to lock people's accounts. It's basically a bailout. And here's the thing. Are we now picking winners and losers? Celsius has to file bankruptcy while BlockFi gets bailed out by FTX. So now did we just pick a winner without the competition of the market and their own failures? And do you think that is right? Matthew Aaron at Crypt.co. Oh, other thing is, do you think bailouts are right? Do you think that this should happen? I mean, look, there's a lot of people and a lot of companies' money locked up in these companies, but are we just not perpetuating a problem that already exists without fixing the problem? Bailing out does not solve or create a better system. Bailing out reinforces the system because now you're bailing them out and you picked a winner out of a bunch of losers. So basically it's like having the bottom of the barrel of people that didn't have good business practices, rewarding one by having them not go under, and then saying, continue doing the thing that you were really bad at doing in the first place. What do you think? Matthew at Decrypt.co. If you listen to the show long enough, you know my opinion on CBDCs. It's not that I like them, but I think they're inevitable. And it's because of the velocity of money. And so it's going to force even the United States, and even if the people don't like it, and even though it's going to have so much potential for manipulation and a slippery slope into unconstitutional behaviors, it's going to be almost inevitable because the velocity of money is going to be more efficient around the world. And if you don't implement it, you're going to be left behind. So imagine if European Union and China and Japan start implementing CBDCs that allow for micropayments and all kinds of different really interesting aspects to how money moves around markets, around the globe. And also if their, their CBDCs start cornering different markets, the United States is going to have to do this. But the scary part is, is the slippery slope of CBDCs, the monitoring, the surveillance, the ability of, of taxation on every micro thing at the point of exchange or purchase. 
it's kind of crazy. It's kind of crazy if you think about the slippery slope. And this is where the alert comes in. Speaking before the U.S. House Committee on Financial Services, Jerome Powell said, I think that is something we really need to explore as a country, adding that the prospect of CBDC's issuance should not be a partisan thing, saying that we need to come together as a nation, come together as a country, come together with both sides, Republicans and Democrats, to get this done. And I say that we, if we are not paying attention to this, we are going to be in deep, deep trouble because there needs to be very, very strong checks and balances on what a CBDC is allowed to do. Really quick, I have what to read today. Can move to earn NFT games step and avoid the pitfalls of Axie Infinity? And this was written by Bill Singh, the head of financial products at crypto derivatives trading platform Bybit. Let me read a couple paragraphs from this. And I want to just put my two cents in here because this is almost exactly what I've been saying, but almost kind of like in a rose colored glasses way. He wrote, in the past, these systems have proved to be unsustainable. If no new external capital is injected into the project, the cycle will eventually produce a diminishing token price and the failure to attract new users to carry on this cycle. Skeptics of these projects might use a less charitable description. Ponzi scheme. But calling Stepin a Ponzi, which describes a deliberate investment fraud, would be premature and unjust to the team behind it. Many new projects implement a Ponzi-like structure in their early phases to bootstrap growth. It's what they do after this bootstrapping phase that should inform our final judgment. For now, it's important to recognize Stepin's pioneering role in the emergence of move-to-earn field where projects are seamlessly tying the real world with the virtual one using Web3 mechanics to push users away from their computer and out to the real world. And I'm going to say yes. He's 100% right. We had the Tesla example last week. That's what I gave is that people were investing in Tesla. They were building Teslas and just, you know, absorbing all that money. They weren't making any money. And any money that was on stock was speculation and so on and so forth. There's a difference between Stepin and Tesla. And here's the really big part is you go read the white paper. I've read it. I've looked at it. There is no mention of how they're going to make revenue. They have tokenomics. They have burning tokens. They have people are going to buy NFTs. And then they're going to pay people for using these sneakers by walking outside. That's the thing. That's the problem is you have this output of funds. People are going to get paid for walking around. And there's no way to understand how they're going to get money coming in besides people buying tokens and then burning tokens and the occasional NFT purchase. And that's the problem. With Tesla, you knew they had to sell X amount of cars. What was their product? Cars. They sell a lot. They make money. Simple. You subscribe to their, I don't know, their services on their, you know, software. They make money. And that's where the revenue comes in. With Stepin, not too sure how that's going to happen yet. So that's not part of the plan. And when that's not part of the plan, you kind of wonder, did they actually think about it? There's nothing wrong with bootstrapping growth. But there is a problem with no clear path and no visible transparent path to revenue generation. And finally, what to listen to. I haven't done this before. But this was actually pretty cool. And I, I love the Bored Ape Yacht Club brand because of the IP aspects of it. They create a community that I think is just getting stronger and stronger. And I, and I really like what happened here. Snoop Dogg and Eminem, they have a new music video using their apes. And it was like cartoons and them spin some bars over it. It was like really well done, I thought. And, and it, it might not be the best music video ever, but it's pioneering because of the Bored Ape Yacht Club and the IP and all that it's very interesting. So please, link is in the show notes. Check it out. 
Thank you for listening to this episode of the Decrypt Daily. My name is Matthew Diemer. I'll be back tomorrow. And until then, hopeful hodling, everyone. <laughs>